casually on the telephone about, oh, that's an auto model, and I was embarrassed because who ha whose last name is Otto, and then she has models. It's like, it's so drippy, corny, bad, awful that I, I was embarrassed. And yet, they are really, a lot of what I've been talking about these last days, things that I rewrote to my own history because I gave myself these models to help me get up and get going and do and change and not fall prey to the kinds of things that I might have fallen prey to. So do it at once. I'm going to read a quote from Alexander McLaren. No unwelcome tasks become any less unwelcome by putting them off until tomorrow. It is only when they are behind us and done that we begin to find that there is a sweetness to be tasted afterwards and that the remembrance of unwelcome duties, unhesitatingly done, is welcome and pleasant. Accomplished, they are full of blessing, and there's a smile on their faces as they leave us. Undone, they stand threatening and disturbing our tranquility and hindering our communion with God. If there be lying before you a bit of work from which you shrink, go straight up to it and do it at once. The only way to get rid of it is to do it. Does that make you just want to jump down from wherever you are and run home to your pile of what? What is your pile? Dishes, filing, paperwork, unpaid bills, unorganized cabinets. We all have something. We all have something. And for me, I came to this motto that said, you know what makes me tired? Not what I do, but what I don't do. Think about it. When you did it, and this, I can remember exactly the illustration. It's, it's uh, 40 years ago. We were raking leaves when we lived in Chicago. That's 40, it's longer than 40 years ago. And you know the leaves, they fall down. Those of you who live in the Midwest, those of you who live in areas where there are a lot of trees and you rake them and bag them or burn them or whatever you have to do to them. I know in our ecosystem, we don't probably burn things anymore. But it was one of those jobs. We put off and we put off and then Saturday morning, Dad says, we're all going to the yard and we're going to rake today. And we were so tired at the end of the raking and bagging and getting rid of the leaves. But oh, did we feel good. It was done. It was finished. And that's when that motto began to be real in my life because I recognized that not doing it, I kept putting it off. We kept putting it off. And there are things that I keep putting off. And then when I do them, I suddenly have a, some energy, some exhilarance. Exhilarance? That's not a good word. What's the word? 
exhilarating. I'm suddenly exhilarated because I finished it. So do it at once. Don't put off on tomorrow what you can do today. The scripture in Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 15, I just want to read three or four verses there that I think are, are exceedingly important to this concept of doing it at once. Be careful then how you live. Dear Francis Schaeffer, if you've never read anything of his work, um, How Then Shall We Live? Maybe his most um, noted book. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. As you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your heart, give thanks to God the Father at all times for everything in the name of our Lord Christ Jesus. I find myself bellyaching and not being as wise when I... Mm, I don't get drunk with wine, but I'm not so filled with the spirit. I'm, I get the mully grubs, and I have things undone, and they weigh me down. These two words, prescriptive or descriptive, took on a new meaning for me one day when I was sitting with my teaching pastor in his study. He set aside some time to discuss two issues found in the Bible. And our purpose was to see how these issues affected the lives of men and women in our culture and then brainstorm any ideas for good application. As we chatted about the full counsel of God and how easily we can take a portion of the Holy Word and hang our hat on that portion only without filtering each portion through the full counsel of the scripture, he said to me, Donna, doesn't that piece sound more descriptive than prescriptive? Yes, I thought it did. Several days later, these terms used so casually reworked themselves at the root of my life. For years, I've taught the difference between training and teaching, caught it and taught it. These principles need to be understood not only in child raising, but in mentoring and influencing. Here are two more words to add to these couplets. When we face a new idea, a truth in the scripture, a way of life in someone we admire, Asking whether this is descriptive or prescriptive is a great synthesizer. Let me illustrate. The Bible tells us to pray and fast, trust and obey. Prescriptive. The Bible also tells us that Jesus had 12 disciples and was closer to John than the rest. Descriptive. When you choose to follow Christ through serving on a committee at church or singing in the choir, descriptive. When you give a portion of your finances to the kingdom, prescriptive. As you train your children and actively disciple and mentor others, you need to be clear as to what you expect from them. Is serving prescriptive or descriptive? Right, prescriptive. But how do we serve is descriptive. Another area you may consider enveloping this concept is in friendships. Do you expect all of your friends to do it your way? Serve where you serve. Be hospitable the way you are hospitable. Be the kind of mother you are 
act out the challenge of marriage the way you act it out. <laughs> One way is prescribed to all others is described for each other to consider and work it out in our own lives. There are no two marriages in the world who are like, and yes, there are dozens of excellent books and materials that will give you ideas, but you can't do those. You can't take someone else's idea of what works in their marriage and take it home and say, this is how we can do that. And you know how I can be so adamant about that? Because that's exactly what I thought we could do. My husband, being much wiser, said, no, not in your life. Part of it was he wasn't going to be told what to do by some author in a book when it came to marriage. But he was wise enough to say, wait, let's take this challenge we have set before us and then find out ways that the two of us can work them out. We're still working them out. A hero of mine wipes out the kitchen sink and with a dishcloth, she washes down every little area, and then she takes the dishcloth and runs it under the water and grabs the four corners and bolts it in half and then wrings it out till it's very dry and drapes it over the faucet. How could I describe anything so clearly? Because I've watched her do it many times. Very tidy, <laughs> very clean, descriptive. <clears throat> I don't choose to do that. I choose to hang my dishcloth under the sink and out of sight. So I watched her descriptive, and I choose portions of that system, which is to get it to be dried out, but I do it my way. Be careful what you expect from others. Only hold one another to the full counsel of God. In the rest, be accepting and open. Be accepting and open. And what God calls you to do, the unwelcome task that you've been putting off, welcome it. Welcome it and remember that what you do today will make your tomorrow much freer. Don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today. And what really makes you tired? Not what you do, but what you don't do. So do it at once and be freed from the encumbrance of things undone. This is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. And remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of completing something today. <laughs>